0: here's the question are we seeking first the kingdom of god just by believing or is seeking only seeking when you're believing and doing right i mean we we, there's a lot of yeah i trust god for my future and my all like that and then we go and do our own thing Ladies and gentlemen,
1: welcome to the Salty Pastor Podcast, a podcast dedicated to helping you learn and grow in your faith. It is a journey of faith that you are on, whether you like it or not. It is not something that you can call in and get taken off the list. It is not something you can go and unsubscribe from. It is, in fact, something that you have to do, and you're either growing in your faith. Or you're moving backwards. What's the opposite of growing, gentlemen? Shrinking? Shrinking. Shrinking, yes. And we here at the Salty Pastor Podcast want to be part of your growth plan. We want to be here to help you grow your faith, make it strong, know what you believe and why you believe it, because that is one of the most important things about you and your journey of faith. My name is Jesse Mayer. I'll be your host, but we cannot do the Salty Pastor Podcast without some salty pastors. So we have. Pastor Steve Botsford with us once again, Hello, and Pastor Harvey Friesen.
0: Hey, good to be back. Not shrinking. It just came through the Christmas season. I feel like I've been not shrinking, so I've been growing. I'm doing my part to grow.
1: Oh, okay. Spiritually, or are we talking physically? Yes, we have right. some, both. Right. All of the
0: and above. Continuing on. Here we are.
1: All of the above. That's
0: why we have January. It's why the gym matters. All right. The
1: gym memberships. This is uh, <laughs> January 2 is Black Friday for gyms, right? Like yes. that's when they are all ready and they have all of their websites ready. Anyways, unimportant. We're here year round to help you grow, not just in January, not just in December, but we're here year round. And we are talking about the kingdom of heaven or the kingdom of God. Um, in this mini-series that we're doing with Pastor Steve and Pastor Harv. And on Tuesday, we spent a lot of time talking about several verses from all over the Bible. We did um, sword drills as we used to mm-hmm. call them, at least when I was growing up. Steve, I think, mentioned that yep. um, and jumped all over the Bible. But um, these are all important verses, and today we're going to kind of get into why those verses matter and how they apply to you very directly. So, um, gentlemen, take it away. What are we? How are we applying today? Talk to
0: me. Well, Matthew chapter 6, 33 and 34 says, Seek first the kingdom of God, and all these things will be added unto you. And one of the struggles is is, do we actually believe the word of God to the point where we do it here. Not to be philosophical. I know Doug owns that chair in this place, but, but here, here's a, here's the question. Are we seeking first the kingdom of God just by believing or is seeking only seeking when you're believing and doing right? I mean, we, we, there's a lot of, yeah, I trust God for my future and my all like that. And then we go and do our own thing. And seek first the kingdom of God. Again, Matthew chapter 6, written in the Sermon on the Mount, all red-letter stuff, Jesus' words. You get there, and he he's addressing the needs of all the people. Think about the needs that people had. They had health needs. We, we have a problem with a health issue. We go to the hospital. Where did they go? Remember the guy from the Pool of Bethesda there in Jerusalem He sat there forever waiting, and then Jesus comes on and says, well, sir, do you want to be healed? And he goes, well, yeah, I want to be healed, but who would ever throw me in before they jumped in themselves when they saw the water moving, right? They didn't have health care. What did Jesus do? He looked after their health and their well-being. The next thing they didn't have was they didn't have Albertsons. They didn't have Albertsons, Winco, any of Costco, any of the other stores. They had the need for a crop to make it, so they made it so jesus addresses the big fears of our lives and those are survival fears food clothing shelter and then if something were to happen to me god forbid uh, i i might die i mean you guys have heard too i mean warfare for not so long ago a lot of men died in warfare not because of the wound but because of the infection,
1: Mm -hmm. right?
0: I mean, penicillin's only been around for less than a hundred years. So, I mean, these are real needs of their lives. And Jesus says, seek first the kingdom of God, and all these things will be added unto you. That is a profound message. And it's profound. I I mean, I dare say it, but I think that even for our church, when we preach it on Sunday is how many people would come in on Sunday morning this week and say, uh, well, hey, what are you doing? I'm seeking first the kingdom of God. Well, Not a whole lot of people think that way. People are saying, I'm going to church, going to church and seeking first the kingdom of God do not necessarily mean the exact same thing. Mm. Seeking the kingdom of God is saying, I want God to lead my life. I have a Lord leader, King driver. All those governances are over my life. Even if you take it to another level to get a little bit salty here too, is that the government rests on his shoulders. Christ's kingdom, God's kingdom of which Christ is the savior in is bigger than this government, the government in Tanzania, the government in uh, Hong Kong, the government in wherever it is bigger than that, which is why people don't like it. When Christians have free thought, why do you go to China and why do they, very few people know this. The Chinese government tells the Catholic church who they can appoint for bishops in the Catholic church in China, they're saying, mm. we're going to have people that toe our line before they get into your rebellious, you know, to the state ideas of Christianity. So the thought of the kingdom of God threatens everything because it says you and you and I serve a God that is bigger than any human institution. So that's a big part of that around seeking first. He, he's saying, and I think there's a practical outlay to this, when I, I, I always use this kind of toss away line, you know, everybody, something goes unstable, all those kinds of things. I remember after one election, one year, everybody was so worried about all those kinds of things. And I said, I got to tell you, the throne of God is still warm and there was no change of power. Okay. The kingdom of God is so much bigger than any temporal thing here on earth. I think that's what it is. There's Steve and I've been doing study in and in, uh, the, the sermon on the mouse. What, what do you want to add to that?
2: Yeah, well, just the whole like idea of it it requires doing. Uh, Jesus says this. It's it's the last thing that's recorded in the Sermon on the Mount. It's the the parable of the wise and the foolish builder. Okay, and it says, therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine. So I think we can say all of those, all of the Sermon on the Mount, who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice, is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. And if we know that parable, the wise man who built his house on the rock is the one who's like the victor, right? He's the one who who he lasts through the
0: Storm, yeah. His house, but but notice. I think your emphasis here is Steve, is is that they put them into practice, practice.
1: not just listen, right? Didn't go and just hear the words, and then went. That was a nice sermon. I'm going to go home and do whatever I want from now on. Uh, and, totally, right, yeah. yeah. Put still, it into practice. You still have to do the work.
0: Can I dial a, a verse forward from Hebrews chapter five? Is you get to the end of Hebrews chapter five, and the last verse in the Hebrews chapter five says. Solid food is for the mature who, because of practice, practice Mm -hmm. in there, practice there, have trained themselves to discern good and evil. Now let's think that out for a second. Yeah, the kingdom of God up here at this level... And the kingdom of God. For those
1: is, of you who are audio only, audio only his, his, his hand, hand is, is high. up high. Right. So yeah, right the kingdom of high. God, which is
0: above everything else, right? It's flying at 70,000 feet. All the commercials at 35,000 feet. And you got 40,000, maybe a couple at 45,000 feet. But above everything else is the kingdom of God. Uh, runs over everything, and then everything short of that is subject to those principles of the kingdom of God, which is Mm -hmm. why we bring the kingdom of God into our lives, and it gives us stability when the rest of the world doesn't have that, which is why Christians, when we face difficulty, shouldn't live in worry, shouldn't live in fear, shouldn't live in, oh my goodness, what's going to happen? It's we should literally have this belief that God is good, and I'm going to walk with him. I will trust him no matter what comes. Think about all the Christians that have endured difficult times and kept their focus on God. Why? Because they focus on the kingdom of God. if, If I could play it out in a practical measure, there are a lot of people who are fretting the demise of the church. And I would suggest that in the American context, the church is struggling because we've taken on a very American economic three systems of government kind of structure to it all, and they're going, man, is the church going to make it, You know, and the church has failed, and the church is all like that. And I look at all those people, and the, and the answer I would say is, kingdom of God's good. Kingdom of God's not doing poorly. Kingdom of God is thriving in places around the world where the gospel is being preached, where the word of God is being put forward as truth, and people are practicing their faith. Right? So
1: mm-hmm. talk to me about if, if the church is not... I mean i think we conflate this idea of the church being the kingdom of god a lot right in our american thought process we Uh we look at the church and we go oh you know my church is doing god's work therefore it is the kingdom of god right but what we're talking about is the church is part of the kingdom of god it is a subsidiary of you know god core and, yeah. and and it's working to build his kingdom, but it is not necessarily the kingdom. It is part of the larger idea. So what is the role of the church?
0: Church has has one great role. Contend for the truth and the message of the gospel of Jesus Christ that he came to save in the world to a world that is dying and going to hell. To a world that is is, is post Nietzsche right is post frankfurt school of thought post columbia post all those things it is a world that doesn't have a savior that is desperate what has the church's role been from the time of church acts chapter 1 verse 8 acts chapter 1 verse 8 says you shall be my witnesses in jerusalem judea and samaria and to the ends of the earth mm-hmm. what what did jesus commission the church to do i mean even after the great commission we 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 get Chapter 1, verse 8 of Acts, Jesus is in the book of Acts talking, red-letter stuff, saying, go tell them about me. Go tell them about me. Go tell them about me. The role of the church is to go tell people about the kingdom of God, which comes with the salvation of Christ, which then follows on with what? The blessing that comes of, let's live now in the body of Christ. What does the church do? It becomes a place where people who are saved are living out their salvation with fear and trembling, not fear and trembling because the world's shaking up, but because they know that they have been invited into the throne room of the kingdom of God, and the king is the king. The king is the king. See, I, yeah, Steve, you want to add something? To that? Yeah. Um, well, my thought was uh, going back to
2: like last time we talked about Ephesians two eight, and we we had we stopped on the. Um, we're saved by grace. That's, I think, where where the Christian church, especially in America, stops. It's like, oh, that's that's as far as I have to go because I'm saved by grace. And we were too afraid to say it's it's works also. Like there's other things that I should be doing. There are things to be done. Yeah, yeah, yeah because we stopped short of verse 10.
0: Wait, it's right? a classic man move. What's a classic man move? Put a ring on her and then, and, and, you know, date her, court her, you know, hmm. flirt with her, be nice to her, be great with her, put a ring on her, and then, like, you know, go off and do hunting all the time, right? I mean, well, well, hold on a second. It wasn't just a courtship period. It was actually you were building a – relate. you you wanted to be in a relationship with this woman, be in a relationship with her. And so, and I and I think that our culture – I don't know that our culture is any worse sociologically than any other cultures have been. It's just we're really, really good at it. We have an app for it, right? Mm-hmm. We have an app for every imaginable thing in our lives uh, um, that's out there. So – yeah, I, I the kingdom of God is God's beautiful gift and it does away with silly things I want to I'm gonna I, 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 I pull this up on my on my phone here because I, I everybody so I don't know if you guys do the Bible app or not but on the Bible app this morning's verse of the day was was Jeremiah chapter 29 verse 11 right it's 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 the perfect verse that everybody loves, right? Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 11 says, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Steve, remind us in Jeremiah, the people are in captivity still, Rel, right?
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah, just headed to.
0: Yeah, right. So going ahead, going to captivity and God says, now let me remind you when you're going to have some calamity down here while you're the people of God, the Israelites. So you had, you know, in my mind, I know this isn't, 1,000% accurate, but I would equate the church era with the people of God era, okay? So the Israelites and the church, and by the way, I don't think we, we don't replace the Israelites. We don't replace the Jews. We're not replacement theology, right? God has a wonderful heart for them. We read that in Romans 9, 10, 11, but interesting, when things weren't going well for the people of God, He reminds them, I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans for your welfare, not for calamity, to give you a future and a hope. Then you will, actions, here we go, actions, right? Not just believe, okay, I believe God's got my future. No, no, actions. Then you will call upon me and come and pray to me, and I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me when you search for me with all your heart see everybody likes that first verse verse 11 which is what even the bible app gave everybody today mm-hmm. but that but and and and, and so let's let's say it's obviously scripture let's say that that is a tangible important piece okay what does verse seven say let's go before that and look what verse seven says in jeremiah 29 which i would bet you nobody ever shares with anybody very few people do, and that is he's saying this uh, to his chosen people before they're about to enter into captivity, difficult times, right? He says this, seek the welfare of the city where I have sent you into exile and pray to the Lord on its behalf. Its For in its welfare, you will have welfare. You know what God just did? He introduced the kingdom of God to the people of God. He introduced to them, they matter to me ask me for them to be blessed ask for those people who are the pagans around you to enjoy my blessing ask me for that who's that sound like what prophet was told to go look after the well-being of some other people and he said yeah, I don't think I'm going to do that. I think I'm going to get on a jo- boat. Jonah did that. Yeah, where'd he end up? Yeah, in in a, a whale, right? Or in a
1: fish. A large fish, fish of some a sort. Fish. A mammal,
0: whatever it was, right? He's in the drink. Can you imagine that story for a minute, right? I mean, you got to love the humor of God, right? Allegory or truth, whatever. It's a great story because here's something that we, we, we forget. And I think the church is, is culpable of this, is that Jonah was going to Nineveh. He was called to seek the welfare of a city and he said, they're stiff necked people. I don't like them. I don't want to be around them. I mean, talk about racist statements, talk about relationally racist statements, talk about telling the almighty God, I'm not going to do what you want me to do, right? I believe that's enough. I'm in. Sorry, I don't, this isn't a curse word, but to hell with them, I'm in. So where does Jonah call to go? He's called to go to Nineveh. Nineveh is in northern modern-day Iraq, probably near the town of Erbil, right? That's where Nineveh is. Where does he buy a ticket to? Tarshish. In the
1: opposite, opposite. direction.
0: Yeah. Spain. He's on, ah, I'm going to go on a vacation Spain in Spain. Nice, it does sound very nice, right? Now now think that out. The church, here's, here's the question. Get salty to all of us. Is the church interested on a two-week trip to the south coast of Spain? Or are we willing to be called to go where God wants us to be in his kingdom so that his kingdom will come, his will will be done on earth as it is in heaven?
1: Well, and I think mm-hmm. we see that so much in these churches that are, are popping up, underground churches, in these oppressed countries like China or Iran or things like that. It's these people that have got chosen to go and plant seeds in the places that it would seem like it would be the hardest to grow and they're flourishing. Right. And they're doing the hard thing of, you know, I could go and go somewhere that's already been cultivated and go start a church in such and such country that already has 150 different churches, but instead I'm going to where it's hard, Hardship. right? Yeah. And That's we see, I mean, in. even in America, we see people starting churches in underdeveloped areas or places that would not normally be like the place you would want to go. And those places are thriving because they are going to the hard place, right? They're not called some. to the easy, some of them, some right? for sure. But, but there's definitely callings to go hard places and not just well, easy, I, I, already till the
0: but, but isn't it true that when God calls you into the hard place and you press in and you do that and it comes through, you have the blessing that comes because you face something hard straight on and you have the blessing of your spiritual muscle grew and you have the blessing of, isn't it funny how when you go through something difficult, think of military soldiers, how when they come back, they are so committed to each other because they learn to do that, aka the church, right? When we go through difficult things, what we do is we stay together, right? One of the Play together, pray together, stay together right? I mean my little family you know ditty there is is actually actionable around all these things. So anyway, I, I think that's the mm-hmm. kingdom of God and I think that plays out in the kingdom of God. Uh, I, I do want to say that, the, that that we can get sometimes and we're doing this for application purposes, we sometimes prefer Tarshish, even as a greater church movement. When I was in Boulder, Colorado, as a hard scrabble place to sell the gospel, right? I mean, you're you're teaching you're giving Jesus to people who ran away from it and who purposefully want nothing to do with it. There's all kinds of pockets like that around the world, around the country. There were 42 church plants that came in during a 10-year period of time that I ter- kept track of. 3 of them made it every one of those 42 that came in what came in with funding of about a half million dollars. So about $21 million of church planting plus church planters, their time, their energy, their effort, they're moving into the Valley, all those kinds of things. And they did that. And then three of them made it. The point I want to make is this, is that when we're called to do kingdom of God things, the success grid that the culture expects of us is maybe not what the success grid that God thinks of in his kingdom. Cause he does, In his kingdom, the church only has so much resource. The kingdom is unlimited resources. We keep making God small. Why don't we make God bigger and bigger and bigger? And what we're trying to teach this year in Focus is, let's make sure that God is big like the Bible teaches he is big, not small. And here's what we usually do. We equate God with the size of whether he can handle my problems or not. Mm. Right? That's that's such a low view of the capacity of God. Because God, and 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 by the way, God will call you into difficult things. Invite Him. I mean, if God calls you, go where He calls you to go. Steve, you got a verse you're thinking about? Oh, I'm looking for one. Oh, okay. Well, <laughs> Jesse, what else do you have there?
1: Well, I guess let's let's talk about. We've kind of talked about what the church's role in the kingdom of God is. I think that's a good clarification. We've talked about, you know, we kind of led off with starting out going, hey what would it look like for us to come into church or come into our lives each and every day going, okay, what what should we be doing in the kingdom of God? Seek first the kingdom of God. Not seek first what our church is asking us to do, not seek first what our pastor is asking us to do, but seek first what God is asking us to do for the kingdom of God. I and mean, what does that look like? And is we want to kind of move that ball forward. And I think that's what this year is going to be about is, okay, how do we take this idea of seeking first the kingdom of God, being part of the kingdom of God, and moving forward? I think that's what you guys are going to be preaching about all year, right? That's kind of the idea. We'll take different aspects of it. We'll break it down into something that's a little more tangible and manageable. But that's the general idea of moving forward of what would it look like if we as a church sought the face of God in all the things we did, not just some things are not just this one thing. When we really want this one project to happen, it's what is our life
2: as a whole look like
1: moving forward, right? Is that what kind of we're looking at?
2: Yeah, and, and I think um, what we see in that Sermon on the Mount is Jesus says, like, seek first the kingdom of God, and, and the things that you're worrying about, the things that you, you thought you needed to focus on more, when you seek the kingdom first, those things will be taken care of. Those, like, so don't worry about what you're going to get. Don't worry about how you're going to be successful. When you seek the kingdom first, God is going to take care of you. And I think that that aligns with the church, right? When when Foothills is so worried about like, well, what is Foothills gonna do? How is Foothills gonna be successful? And, And we're not thinking about how is the kingdom of God going to use Foothills to further the kingdom of God? Uh, we don't. We miss out on those blessings. So it's it's that mind switch. We talked on Tuesday about like the difference between the church and the kingdom of God. We have to see that those are separate. And the church is just a tool being used
0: to further the kingdom. Yeah, and that helps with understanding the greater church for just a moment. Big Sea Church, right? Big C Church, mm-hmm. yeah. Because what it does is like people come to Foothills and they'll go, "Wow, you know, does your does your church have a ministry like this?" Because the church that we were looking at, over in the other part of town, or whatever, they have a church like this, and they go, "Well, no." See now. See God probably be called them to have a distinctively different ministry approach because if we were all doing the exact same thing it be it why would you need target if Walmart and Target sold exactly the same stuff right yeah. why would you why would you need I mean there's there's diversity in the kingdom of God and it's beautiful and I think there are some churches that are focused on um, missional work and not to say that every church has responsibility for all these things but there are some that are focused truly on being a big mission sending church and there are others that are focused on hey we're going to help with the stanton clinics and we're going to help them and all those moms that are trying to make a decision they're pregnant out of wedlock and how do we do they we adopt and care for them our church does that we care for them and we adopt them we love them we celebrate them
1: well and it's just like the body of christ has different Purposes and gifts and talents, That's right? right? And the churches, different churches have different purposes, gifts, and talents. If, exactly. like you said, if we were all trying to do all of the things all the time, we'd make ourselves redundant and we wouldn't need as many churches right. as we the,
0: have. The one surrender point I have is if per- people are church shopping, I would surrender to this idea. Shop for, if you, as long as you focus on the kingdom of God, shop for a church. I hate to use that word. Yeah. Look for a church, seek God about a church that aligns with the gifts, passion, and temperament He gave you. And then go help that one move forward. If you're passionate about an intercession ministry that prays over all the leaders of the community, including the, 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 the legislature and the local city councils and all those kinds of things, Maybe the church you want to be a part of is one that's got an intercession ministry that focuses on praying for the leaders of the community. Go do that. Chop that way. Shop according to doing, not shop according to preference. Yes,
1: I think that's the biggest thing that we see just in general in America is people want something that they prefer. Well, it... Has this kind of music and it does this kind of thing sure. and the pastor only preaches for this long and he's this age and wears no. these shoes. It's like no, those I, are all preferences. And I,
0: and I have and I have just a little bit of a salty word too. And I've said it to several of my friends that have moved in like me. I mean, I'm a refugee from Colorado. I stand up and know that you guys are the natives. I, I figured that out. But what I would say to all those refugees is burn the ships, burn them, burn the boats, send them off. Use it for firewood, build a cabin up in the mountains, do whatever you need to do, but stop going back to where you came from. Stop trying to replicate Orange County. Stop trying to replicate North Cal, NorCal, stop trying to replicate Seattle in Boise. You didn't come here to, to replicate. You came here to have a life. And that means that God's God's church is going to have expressions in total different ways. And that's good. By the way, it's not a grind. That's not a gripe. It's more just, hey, you'll always be dissatisfied is if all you think about is how that one coffee shop made the coffee and it was just perfect. You're not there anymore, right? I mean, I have to imagine Jonah was going, man, I want to go to Tarshish, because they have the best cakes on the southern part. They got oranges there, they have a little orange flavoring, all like that. And God's going, I did not call you there. Be and and maybe the 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 right word to say on this is be content with your calling. I gotta tell you, I Mm -hmm. I think Steve and I, I look at the three of us here one of the most beautiful things we have that's going on in our lives, We're we, okay, we serve, work, lead in the church, all that, but but what's so beautiful is your faith is growing, your faith is growing, my faith is growing because we are in a growing environment. And you ask a, an important question, like, okay, so what, what, what do you do? The church does its calling, pastors, elders, all of them have responsibilities, seek the face of God, and then we have a direction for the year and do all those kinds of things. But every individual do The work, what's the first work of my life? The first work of my life is my devotional life that happened this morning. I am first and foremost, walking with God. I'm walking with God. What we want, you talked about certain emphases, we are gonna help people, encourage people, build people steve's group leads the family ministry including in that is group ministries all of our small groups and that is those groups are put together to help you learn to walk with god it was with my my men's group yesterday afternoon at one o'clock and just a beautiful group of men who are all growing and learning to walk with god and we're learning in our prayer life. We're learning in our devotional life. We're learning in our service life. We're growing and we're allowing ourselves to be stretched. That's part of the act of doing. And I think when you're doing it and you're doing it and I'm doing it and all the collective, all of us are doing it. That's when there's greater things. That's when you see a church on fire. That's when we see each other. When someone has need, we pick them up and help them. When someone mm-hmm. else has, uh, something great going on in their lives, we pick them up and celebrate with them, right? We're all that's the body. So do greater, th- do greater things.
2: Yeah, and I think a big part of that is because we're not focusing on our own ourselves, our, our right. own needs. And that's because like Christ is supplying it, so we're able to, instead of focusing on our own needs, be like, looking to other people and seeing, hey, they have a need too, and I actually can meet that need because
0: right. Christ has taken care of me. Absolutely, and one of the most joyful things is when you help somebody else. Jesus, it is our guy that mm-hmm. said, better to give... Than to receive, it is our guy who said the first will shall be last, and the last shall be first. He turned leadership. Think about the things he turned upside down. He turned the economy upside down. He turned leadership paradigms upside down. He turned he turned uh, school and ed- or the education of children upside down. He turned all husband wife relationships upside down. He turned them back to what God intended, and ushering in the kingdom of God takes us back to Genesis one and two, where the kingdom of God was in play. And there was harmony and there was goodness and there was blessing. Are we going back to the Garden of Eden? No, we're not going back there. But we are doing what? We're heading toward the kingdom of God, that millennial reign of Christ and forever eternity in heaven. One of the things that we've been reading this week is, is uh, give you a quote from a guy named George Eldon Ladd. He says this, the Hebrew Christian faith expresses its hopes in terms of the kingdom of God. Because the church might be getting persecuted, the church might be getting battered, the church might be getting a lot of that. But our hope is that even in this subset, like you said, you know, junior corporation of the great big kingdom of God, even though it's struggling a little bit, the kingdom of God is thriving. And that's where our hope is.
1: Well, and we see this over and over and over again, that there's so many counterintuitive ways of of doing things that God calls us to do you, like you said, you know, He flipped all of these different things upside down. The last shall be first, the the meek shall be strong, all of these different things. And we see this even just in, when you feel like you need to be focused on you, you're in the depths of despair or you're really struggling. Sometimes the best thing you can do is go help somebody else. And what an amazing thing that'll do for your spirits and your, your focus. And while you're focused on that, God tends to go, oh, well, you're, well, you're, while you were finally working on somebody else. I took care of this thing for you or, mm-hmm. you know, stuff like that happens all the time where God has a plan and it's usually not the way we would do it. And it's almost always in a different way. So that's why it's really important to be constantly seeking the way he wants things done and the way he wants us to go about it and to be serving others. Because more often than not, that's when he starts working on the things that we're worried about and he's handling the stuff that we're struggled with or worried
0: about. Right. Mm. Yeah, there's a verse for that. Isaiah 58 says, here are the doings that he calls us to do. To loosen the bonds of wickedness, to undo the bands of the yoke, to let the oppressed go free, and to break every yoke is not your calling to divide your bread with the hungry bring the homeless poor into the house and when you see the naked to cover him and not to hide yourself from their own flesh then your light will break out like the dawn and your recovery will speedily spring forth and your righteousness will go before you and the glory of the Lord will be your rear guard then you will call on the name of the Lord and he will answer you you will cry out and he will say here I am if you remove the yoke from your midst you stop pointing the finger and speaking wickedness and you give yourself to those who have need then your light will rise in darkness your gloom will become like midday and the lord will continually guide you god's saying when you do that you get my blessing that's turned upside down we think that that great gift is what makes my life better and jesus said be the gift to the world and you'll make the world better salt and light it's in the sermon on the mount
1: mm-hmm. well i think we are out of time today but i know there's so many more things we could talk about including how being the Big C Church includes supporting all the other churches Amen. in the area, right? We, Absolutely. we do pray that on Wednesdays as a staff, but as a whole, just going, hey, yeah, you may go to that church down the street, but and we go to this church, but we're praying for you. We hope that you're moving the kingdom forward, not just moving your church forward, Amen. but moving the kingdom forward, and you're providing um, witness and, and testimony to people in your area in your way, and that's great, and we're excited about that. We don't need to get into a battle of merch or a sticker war sometimes harv likes to use that phrase yeah, no, no sticker, sticker wars. wars there's
0: no sticker wars in the kingdom of god right there's only one sticker kingdom of god not this church that church whatever yeah it's absolutely. the kingdom of god yeah we're on the same team we're all on the same Praise team. The lord
1: we're just doing it different ways so yeah. thank you guys so much for joining us please tune in on sunday to hear um harv and steve both preaching again on more of what we've just talked about and how Um, that is going to affect your life and how you should be taking actionable steps towards that. So thank you guys so much for joining us and we'll see you on Sunday here at Foothills Christian Church.